0: Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Ronnie Landis is an integrative nutritionist, transformation coach, and human behavioral specialist. He brings on some of the world's leading thought leaders to deliver to you the most cutting-edge information and unique perspectives so you can create the life of your dreams.
1: Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now.
0: Greetings, everyone out there. Welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis Podcast Show. Of course, I'm your host, Ronnie Landis. Before we dive into today's episode with my dear friend, Amber, I want to let all of you know about my Holistic Health Mastery Program. You may or may not be aware of this. This is my online holistic nutrition certification program, and what an incredible course this is. Right now, we are really giving people some of the most advanced, cutting-edge information and the most practical and relevant information in the fields of natural nutrition, raw living foods, superfood nutrition, tonic herbal nutrition, all areas of detoxification and cleansing, and really so much more. You can find more information about this program at HolisticHealthMastery.com. And if you're already a member of the Holistic Health Mastery program, then you already know about the incredible value that it offers into people's lives. One of the things that I find that this course helps support people in is their coaching practice. This is a course that is not just for coaches. There's all kinds of different people that join this program. A lot of people just want their own education into the fringes of holistic health and nutrition and upgrading their own lifestyle. However, there is a huge amount of health coaches and nutrition coaches and wellness coaches out there that do this program and they find that it really helps them fine-tune the strategies and protocols and approaches that they take with their clients and makes them much more effective in helping their clients get the results that they ultimately want to get. So again, the website for that is holistichealthmastery.com and on to today's show with my dear friend Amber Zuckswort and this was an incredible interview and we dove into so many incredible avenues incredible crevices of consciousness and there's a lot i could say about this episode one of the things i want to say about amber though is not only is she an amazing woman a beautiful brilliant And really wise woman far beyond her years. She's really helping to pioneer this concept of lifestyle design. You see, I knew Amber about six, maybe even seven years ago from Northern California. And both her and me put on different events around the Bay Area, around raw food and health-based events. She's also a yoga teacher. And we just kept crossing into each other at different events that I would speak at or she would speak at. And I did her yoga class, I think, a few times. And we became quick friends back in the day. And to see her journey over all these years, she is just an amazing human being and um, a woman that I have an immense amount of respect for. And you can tell in this interview how alive that is for both of us and we dive into so many amazing areas of lifestyle design of health nutrition and a lot of areas of consciousness we even talk about the power of entheogenic substances these are um you know what you might call psychedelic plant medicines or non-psychedelic plant medicines as the case may be and just an incredible interview that I am excited for all of you to dive headfirst into. So, without further ado, get ready for a ride into the fringes of consciousness in upgrading everything that we believed was possible in our life up to this point. Enjoy this conversation with me and Amber Zuxword. Amber Zucksworth is an international Pilates and Vinyasa yoga instructor, professional contemporary dancer, and holistic nutritionist from Santa Cruz, California. She's the founder of EpicSelf.com. Her online health and fitness coaching platform, where she trains individuals and in groups in optimal living for their unique body and lifestyle. Amber specializes in designing and producing deeply transformative mind body spirit retreats and teacher training programs worldwide. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Ronnie. I'm super excited to be here.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like definitely a long time coming. And I've actually been wanting to have you on the show literally since it started. And I know you've been so busy with all the amazing, like it seems like back to back transformative retreats in Costa Rica. Um, mm-hmm. That's just kind of like what I've seen over this last year online. And when you and me got to drop in for about 30 minutes before this call, which I was super stoked about. Um, so yeah, Yeah. just really awesome to have you here.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.
0: And for, you know, one thing I wanted to, I was thinking about before we, we hopped on was that it's so awesome to see all of our colleagues and all of our friends that from way back when to see where we all started from in our particular journey in the health, wellness and entrepreneurial world, and to see like, six, seven years later, what has come out. Like, I remember back in the early Bay Area days when you were in San Francisco and I just started, like, I just, like, that's when I got into raw food, like, almost 10 years ago. And then I got this idea that I wanted to be a speaker and just started speaking at Pollux. And then that's when eventually, I actually remember the time we met. I think it was, like, at least six, maybe even seven years ago. But it was at, like, the very first chocolate warehouse party I put on in Oakland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow, well, I know. I was thinking about all of that the other day and how far we've come and I love watching everyone grow. It just I've seen so much oh, I've experienced so much inner growth and I know I've seen you guys on Facebook and Instagram and all the amazing events you're putting together and programs you're Facilitating and it's so inspiring, keeps me motivated to keep Mm. going. But yeah, I think back to those first potlucks we had when I used to run that raw organic meetup group in San Francisco, with and Julian Love was a part of all of our stuff. And we did chocolate parties with Sacred Steve and Mm. (laughs) David Wolf would show up occasionally. And the whole Bay Area crew is so special. And I now see us doing the work that we really wanted to do at that time. You know, we were dreaming and visioning of this time when we could make impact with the knowledge we had and really share it and super passionate. But now it's really coming to fruition. So beautiful.
0: There's an amazing principle wrapped up in this too. I think about because you hear like the rags to riches kind of story. And I don't, I'm not saying like me or any of us really in like quote unquote riches as people equate it with, but we are living our dream, right? And there's an incredible principle wrapped up in this is that, um, Sometimes well, it's basically just this idea that, you know, for me, speaking of my experience, when I first started, I had no idea. I was I was literally running literally just on a dream and a hope and a faith that this inkling that I had was what I was supposed to be doing. And it wasn't easy yet I kept following it out. And amazing people like you and our our fellow friends from the Bay Area you know, would continue to show up at the right time as I stepped out on my path and I kept, you know, kept just showing up. And it really is on such a sincere and profound level to see where it's, it's, you know, gone in such a short time. I mean, for example, you've been traveling around the world and you're now in Costa Rica. I've traveled around the world and, and, um, you know, it's just funny where life takes you. Um, when you Absolutely. get
1: started on your journey. Well, I think it was so fun too, Ronnie, is over the years, you know, catching you in L.A. or in mm. certain places. And, and you and I finally sinking in and being able to talk for, you know, maybe an hour. And the parallels between our journeys, not that they were the same, but the the awareness and the awakenings we were having, were having mm. at those times were very similar, right? It was almost like... You like I had gone to Costa Rica, you had gone to Hawaii, we both mm. had realized how important it was to be closer to nature and the importance of just the energetics of that, right? And really living that lifestyle, how that shifts you and we're having these awakenings. We both left the city, right? Around the same time, we just had, uh, it was just fascinating to see the lessons we were learning were very paralleled.
0: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I'm so yeah. glad you brought that up because I that was the feeling I had earlier today, just kind of ruminating. On, on it before our conversation. That's exactly how I felt. I remember, Mm -hmm. I remember there's so many memories, you know, that, Mm -hmm. that, um, are kind of creating the substance for this conversation. But it's just really, it's really beautiful to sit back and just look at all the memories and see where life has taken us. And it really, like, my big work right now is all about getting closer and closer to my connection with the creator. And, mm. and and what that looks like for me is is entirely based on following synchronicity and getting to mm. a place in my life where I no longer even entertain mediocrity I no longer entertain the the kind of minutiae of of mm. um you know the way I like abacus thinking like one plus one equals two I have to do this in order to get this like treating right. life like a vending machine. Like it's literally all about faith. It's all about synchronicity and, mm. and being, being of service to the dream that wants to awaken within me.
1: Mm. Yes. Beautifully said. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: I'd have to say that my journey too. in the last two years, you know, moving to Costa Rica and uh, transitioning my work from mainly more like physical, um, Focuses like nutrition and Pilates and yoga, uh, and transforming more into a spiritual journey, right a spiritual path and and watching myself awaken to new levels and also help my clients help facilitate retreats and productions that and teacher training programs that allow people to experience those things as well. And it just is what's more fascinating to me than than ever is that every day gets better. And every day there's there's a new understanding, a new learning, you know, forever students. Mm. And wow, just like super grateful to be on this powerful
0: path. Mm. Mm. So one of the things that I really feel like you and me share is this this kind of like noble, this noble intention to save the world. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, Love a mission yeah. yeah my soul yeah. mission absolutely no doubt uh-huh
0: <laughs> yeah like that's very clear like not everyone looks at it like that way but that's how i look at it It's like at the end of the day i'm a jedi knight like i'm here to help save the mm-hmm. world and that's kind of the game right. that i'm i came here to play and i get that from you like you you then oh, yeah. i've heard you say that before like i'm i'm here to save the rainforest it's like ooh, she's on that wavelength she gets it and that's literally what you're doing.
1: Yeah. Wow. I, um, you know, I think deep down I've always known since I was really young that I was meant to be uh, – that I was meant to make really big impact in the world so since I was really little. I was a hardcore environmentalist from like mm. age – from at least like the time I could remember, like I was the first to bring recycling home to my family and kind of like demand that we do it. And then I was, <laughs> I was the first to like, of my family, I was calling shampoo bottle companies like Johnson and Johnson and asking them why they test on animals. Mm. When I was like eight years old, I just was, I had this, just this mission, this, and now I know it as my eternal soul's mission on this planet in this life is very much to um, uh, not only protect and be the guardian for the earth but to actually very much like a huge part of my role is to actually raise the vibration and shift the consciousness from the old paradigm to the new. And that's become only, only more and more obvious. And it's like this deep remembering that I've been having, um, mainly through my, my plant, my sacred plant medicine ceremonies that I've been working with for the last like two and a half years. That's really where the message comes super clear to me from the spirit of the earth, like from Gaia, (laughs) from mother ayahuasca, like this is your path. This is your role and, um, you can either accept it and keep driving at it, which I feel like I'm very much embodying, um, my, my purpose and my path right now. And that's, that's, what feels so good. Like moving to Costa Rica was that stepping into that alignment with all of my ethics, with all of my, my actual spiritual path. So.
0: Yes, yes, and yes. And I love the fact that you brought up um, sacred plant medicines already. I definitely wanted to dive into that with you. I remember this was, I have to say, on a personal level. It, 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 I was kind of giggling about it earlier because um, I remember at um, the Longevity Conference a couple years ago, I think I i don't remember where I was at, like before I went off to my next my next Hawaii pilgrimage and you had just come back from Costa Rica and we're just visiting. But I remember standing there talking to you and you were talking about ayahuasca. And my, my, I remember like my whole, like my whole thing kind of perked up a little bit. I was like, what? Amber's like, wait a minute. Cause I thought I kind of had this interpretation Um, and for lack of a different way of saying it, almost like the straight edge kind of, um, perspective, Mm -hmm. um, and just this refinement, you know? Um,
1: but I didn't, I had no idea. Yeah.
0: I had no idea that you were even like, even remotely interested or I didn't even know if you were totally aware of that, but like when you brought (laughs) it up and I saw the glow on you, I was like, Oh, okay. This woman just went through a transformation. So, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, so it's, you're so right, Ronnie, you know, I was, and we were chatting about this briefly before, you know, I've been raw vegan for eight years now and I was very, very straight edge, very dogmatic about, um, substances of any kind, whether natural or man-made. Um, I was, you know, coming from a yoga space, being a yoga Mm. teacher and, um, being, you know, devout yogi for years, strong meditation practice, and really just, thinking, I had this very strong wall up against any medicine of any sort. Um, And it was basically like, I don't need a substance to connect to spirit or Mm. to connect to higher my highest self or to connect to source where we come from and where we're going. And the reality that I learned through through being in Costa Rica and also through speaking to many very, very intelligent and very successful people that I met along the journey, who shared with me their experiences with ayahuasca specifically. And so I started doing a lot of research on it. And I did about a year and a half research. And I was honestly pretty scared, because Mm -hmm. I've never experienced any sort of entheogenic medicine or any psychedelic, you know, and I was very nervous about that experience, but at the same time, very much wanting to connect spiritually. Um, And so I was, you know, as a yogi, so I was very much like kind of in this torn place. And the more research I did on the health benefits and, and everything, I just was blown away. And I was like, okay, okay. like, are you willing to let go of control enough? Because honestly, it's just a control issue. I was so in control (laughs) of my life and I needed something like ayahuasca to really wake me up because I was very rigid and very stuck in my ways and very structured and controlling. And uh, my first ayahuasca ceremony cracked my ego in a billion pieces. And I learned so much about my, gosh, my spirit, about all of the just all the, uh, I mean, I learned many, many things in that first ceremony, right? Um, Mm. But I, most I say the biggest lesson from that first ceremony was very much about understanding the importance of emotions. Mm. And I mean, I cried for like four or five hours and I hadn't let myself cry in, Mm. I want to say at least six years at that time. Um, You know, I was a really driven entrepreneur. I was also a yogi and a lot of the the texts I was reading was very much about, uh, pushing down emotions like any negative emotions were not allowed Mm. i don't know why i had this very like i was you know reading eckhart tolle the power of now and a lot of these other Buddhist and hindu and and hindu texts and they weren't really talking about the importance of expressing emotion it was Mm. very much like okay these emotions are going to come up but do your best to stay in the light and keep your vibes (laughs) high and you know and create a mantra and affirmation and all this stuff that's spiritual bypassing now, right? There's a, there's like a definition for it. But it, it was not serving me at all because what happened is all of this pain and frustration and sadness and all the things that I was suppressing for years literally was still wreaking havoc on me. It was preventing me from actually living in joy and peace. It was so, so um, self-destructive, right? But I didn't really know to how many levels it was self-destructive until I went to the ceremony and then it became extremely obvious. I cried for hours, went through so much, um, physical purging, but also just emotional purging. And that's, I felt like a completely different person. Like I had left, I had let go of 10 years of emotional baggage after my first ceremony. And I was like, holy, wow, this is not only the mother of all plant medicines on this planet, master plants, teacher plants, but, and something that I will come back to for more understanding and more clearing of my physical, energetic, and spiritual body. Like, wow, this, this new gift the world needs to be shared. Right. And so then like after going through a couple more ceremonies and it became, um, wow, just a deep understanding that like, at least I could share about my experience and maybe that would inspire people to be interested, you know, people who are like me, who are a little bit more fearful of things like this, maybe they would be inspired or empowered to at least research this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just began, it just began to unravel from there. synchronicity and the universe is working super fast. I had all these retreats lined up and what ended up happening is believe it or not, there was like there happened to be ceremonies with our local shaman who I'd been sitting with for like a year. Um, and they would always line up magically at the end of the retreats. And so one one retreat group, I just said, Hey guys, you know, I just wanna let you know, like I wanted to share this article I wrote with you I wrote about um ayahuasca with you and just let you know there is a ceremony available. If you guys are interested, I'm happy to connect you with them if you'd like to go. Everybody raised their hands and everybody wanted to go. And I was like, okay, well, let's, let's check into it. And then, so I took a whole group there that one time. And then all of a sudden it became a couple months later, it became, why don't we just create retreats that are built to literally optimize the experience for someone through nutrition, through meditation, yoga, grounding in nature, all these things. So that when they get to those beautiful, profound ceremonies, they are fully ready in every way, shape or form. And so that's when we started to dive into just producing retreats dedicated to sacred plant medicine.
0: Mm, That's fantastic. Mm. Thank you for sharing yeah. that. I, I really loved, um, I loved seeing you take that direction, especially on social media and seeing like, just like how strong you were, um, n- not strong, but you were just super solid and embodied in sharing that message and, mm. you know, just in, in sharing it as if it wasn't like anything too different. You know what I mean? Like, like, I think what's right. really important for people to understand about this, like even the word entheogen, It's super Mm -hmm. fascinating to me. It's like generating the divine from within. And Mm -hmm. I have a whole like 20-minute video on YouTube about like psychedelics and entheogens and like some of the terminology that people use – because a lot mm-hmm. of people, they, they you know, I, I don't really like the word hallucinogen because it, it's like, it's not accurate. It's like, oh, it's just, a, it's a hallucination. It's a, it's a mirage. It's, it's, right. t- <laughs> it's totally just a function of your brain and, and has nothing right. to do with anything. It's like, well, right. I like the word psychedelic too, just on that tip, because it, it literally means mind to manifest. Mm, and yeah. and so I, I find that very fascinating because I really truly believe, and um, I want to say this just for everybody to use their own common sense in their own personal mm-hmm. interpretation, that everybody deserves to have this type of experience right. for what it will teach you and what it will reveal to you about yourself. Um, what do you right. think about that?
1: Um, I think specifically... Um, ayahuasca and there's many other amazing mm-hmm. master plants on this planet. I think that they are gifts. Mm-hmm. They are given to us um, at a time when they are needed most. And yes, these medicines, you know, specifically ayahuasca has been around for five thousand years, used by uh, you know natives all over the world. Specifically, uh, Peru, Brazil, Colombia uh, is really where it's fostered most currently, but. Um, Wow. Like I had no idea until I started speaking with with people. I was thinking, oh, this is just a, like um, another drug. This is a mm. drug that is going to, I you know, all the, um, wow, propaganda about drugs that's given <laughs> to us in the United States um, is just, I, I learned it's just crap. Um, now, not to say that there are other things that are man-made out there that I don't think are necessarily as powerful or as important as ayahuasca. Um, I specifically believe that ayahuasca is the the spirit of the earth. I mean, mm, it's literally mm. you are you are interfacing with the spirit of the earth, yeah. and and you have access to realms that you would not have access to with other medicines. And so in that way, I think it's um, it needs to be thoroughly thoroughly respected yes. in its tradition we only work with shaman who have you know 40 plus years experience who have been working with indigenous tribes mm. for, for their entire lives you know people who have been generationally passed down this information has been passed down to them from their grandfathers from their former grandfathers like it is so important the tradition and the respect for these medicines is kept because what i'm seeing in this trend that is now working with these medicines which at the end of the day it's good that this medicine is getting out to the world but what's happening is there's a lot of um um, I don't know what the correct word is, but there's a lot of, um, disrespect for you the know. tradition, I guess mm. is the word disrespect. Um, and just kind of a, um, uh, okay, well, I'm just gonna like, you know, drink this medicine in my living room with my friends and, mm. um, like that
0: recreational,
1: Recreationally, it's taking it out of yeah. its its context, out of its safe container, out of the work that's actually really happening. You know, people just think it's a substance like any other drug on the market, huh. or any other substance mm-hmm. that they might take um, to alter their consciousness, um, and that's not what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, just, I you know, we we ask that everybody who comes to to who's interested in sitting with us we go through a very extensive interview process we do not allow people to sit with us who are not extremely educated in what they're getting themselves into and also the um you know their their health is checked and there's certain you know things that need to be in line before people are allowed to sit with this at least with us right of course uh, there are many other centers and many other places people can go but um for the safety of the group and for the safety of the experience it's very important to us that it's very um controlled and taken care of in that way. So, uh, for me, I have such tremendous respect for this work that, um, I mean, we can't even, we can't even to even tout the benefits to people because we want them to feel called to come. Mm. Right. And it's a spiritual calling. It's definitely not, okay. This is a bucket list item that I want to just check off and, um, say I experienced in my life. No, do you really feel called to this? This is your you're literally interfacing with the spirit and the spirit realm and having access to universal knowledge and understanding. Um, are you ready for that? You know, and do you respect that power? Mm. It's really, so Mm.
0: that was a brilliant answer. Thank you for that. Sure. Wow. Okay. So let's pivot a little bit here. Um, I would love to discuss the concept of lifestyle design with you and sure. how, and how you've been able to design a high-impact, adventure-rich lifestyle centered around your mission in life because I think that that is really, that's one of the things that I see with so many people. And as synchronicity would have it, I started really focusing my private coaching work on entrepreneurs. Um, right. And because I found that a huge part of our health is is tied to our financial um, resources and liberating ourselves around the my gaz- the mind gasm or the, the, the kind of the fear program and the scarcity that we have around money so i found myself interestingly right. positioned in a place to help other <laughs> health coaches really develop mm-hmm. really prosperous coaching models in in you know to actually receive what they they deserve so i just like so this is kind of an right. interesting con- contextual question for me i'll hand it over mm-hmm. to you but um but again like i'll just repeat the question um, Sure. lifestyle design And how you've been able to design your high-impact, adventure-rich lifestyle, again, centered around your mission in life.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, it's it's really been a journey, Ronnie. And it really started out when I was fresh out of college. And I just knew that a nine-to-five working for someone else was never going to work for me because I wanted to teach what I loved. You know, I really wanted to pursue what I loved and I wanted to make impact. And so I came up with a business model that from all of my education and understandings of, you know, okay, I can have private client base. I started teaching Pilates and yoga and nutrition early on one on one and in group settings, um, and then started producing retreats about 10 years ago. So it's been um a process of developing of developing that location independent lifestyle that I really wanted because I started out having a very strong on the ground client base in San Francisco where I was teaching, you know, six hours a day, private client base and producing abroad, but not really understanding the power. Well, I understood once Skype came out, really the power of online coaching and the power of doing online programs and Mm. that opened up the world for me. And I went, whoa, I can have a location independent lifestyle and still teach the things that I love just through the Internet. And so then began the process of slowly moving my on the ground clients into online clients. And um, it actually kind of came to me, too, because I had a lot of clients that were traveling a lot, you know, people in San Francisco who were CEOs or executives and they were traveling on business all the time. But they still wanted to train with me. They still wanted to have that consistency in their practice and their bodies and also with the nutrition. And so I went, okay, well, this is this is solving problems on both ends for the client and also for myself, because then I can be more mobile, too. And, uh, so I slowly was starting to like step my way out of the country and I was teaching in Mexico one week a month. Um, and I was three weeks in San Francisco, one week in Mexico, teaching at our destination spa. And I did that for about four years while building my online client base and just kind of slowly stepping out. And then three years ago, I moved to Costa Rica and that was really the big launch out of the U S, um, flying free and just deciding this is really where I want to have a home base. You know, San Francisco was my home base for about eight years. And then I really wanted to have a more natural home base where I felt more connected to nature. And so Costa Rica became that. And I've really focused all my efforts on bringing people here because I think this place is so magical. Um, But we are branching out to do a lot more in the world in the next couple years. But I'd say the last three years, I've been really grounded here because I opened a big wellness center initially. Um, and now I'm just producing retreats and teacher training programs without having a brick and mortar space that's open to the public every day. Mm-hmm. It's actually just productions and training programs and not um, you know open to the public every day. So I wanted to free myself from that too <laughs> and have the freedom to not do that. So it's been a process. Um, but All along the way, I had the vision that I really, really, really wanted to be free, but I kept finding myself falling into these, oh, but if I just open up a studio, then I can, you know, no, it's like you have to just say no to those certain things that seem obvious Mm. and seem like a good idea at the time and go towards the things that you really need to put your energy towards, like online programs, online coaching, and things like that. Um, um,
0: (laughs) I want to ask a question on what you just said because it's a really great point, is that um, one of the things I deal with with my clients with people just in general and also myself is that we can get really distracted by the thoughts that we think and the ideas (laughs) that come to us and so we're on a mission we kind of have an idea of where we're going and then some kind of new shiny object shows up or some new idea that we get shows up and then we start to question ourselves if we're really on Mm -hmm. the right track or if we should pull out do something else um, and I find like this is the thing that a lot of people I, I work with really they kind of suffer from in different levels of pathology. Even um, really, it's just the mind—the mind going haywire. And so, my question for you, and in, in that respect, I guess, is that I'm curious: How do you navigate that? Like, how do you know? Because sometimes I get an inspired idea, and it's like, holy, holy shit! Like this—this this is this is an idea right here. This thing right here. Wants <laughs> right. Wants to happen. And then there's other times where it's like, you know, it seems like a good idea, but you're not totally sure.
1: Yeah, no. And I had, I suffered from this for a long time being such a creative where I had my hands in a thousand projects and I had a really hard time prioritizing what was, because I had so many cool ideas. Mm. At least I thought they were cool, right? I'm like, oh, (laughs) I got to do this and I got to do that. And, um, and so this will be a great idea and it's going to really benefit the people, but is it actually going to sustain my life, Mm. right? And my, the balance in my life that I needed. And the answer was oftentimes, no, Mm. it seemed like a great idea for the client who was going to, you know, the end all student or client that was going to receive this information. At the end of the day, though, it wasn't serving my company or myself Mm. enough. Right. And especially with retreats, retreats are a ridiculous amount of work. And it is so much, so, so, so much in terms of not only just the production process of holding space and managing all the details, but it's all the pre work that has to happen, which is the marketing and the sales and, um, all the content writing and everything that has to go into that. So, um, I was running myself into the ground just, wow, I can't do all this by myself, even with partners, even with assistants. It just wasn't, uh, there wasn't enough return from my hours working, you know, hundred hour weeks. Um, even though the clients were having a, an amazing experience. So I had to get smarter about what projects I was picking, And, um, so I had I hired some consultants at the time to help me just focus more on what was really, really thriving. Not only it was impacting and beneficial to the client, but was also the same for myself. And so, and then just repeating that and learning through that process of repeating the same thing over and over again, that I can come to an understanding of a formula where I know, okay, if I put this much time and energy and money into marketing, then I can return this many sales and I can have this production happen every month. Right. So, you know, just understanding that formula and then being able to just make get more and more sustainable over time for myself. Um, And so I'm learning how to also leverage my time. How do I leverage myself out of these, these big programs and projects so that I'm not putting nine hour days in every day on the ground with people, but how can I start to bring in other people to manage that space
0: mm.
1: so that I can have some balance in my life? Um, and, and then be able to work, focus on the bigger projects that are coming down the line. Um, so how I deal with my mind <laughs> meditation meditation mm. is by far the most important and powerful tool set, uh, tool uh, I've ever, ever found in my work. And it, it's a lot of the, the money issues that come up, like you mentioned, um, they will run you into the ground and this fear about not having enough or maybe you have too much and you're afraid of spending it. And that's another reality I experienced having seed capital and realizing, oh my gosh, I have more money than I ever um, have ever made myself right now. And I'm terrified to spend it. That's something that, that people don't really think about. They just yeah. think about, oh, if I had seed capital, I'd be able to do whatever I want. No, uh-huh. the reality is that you are managing someone else's money <laughs> and you are deciding you know, what to prioritize. And that can be very much... And also being a perfectionist, like a, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are, um, you end up just at a standstill of all mm. these options, don't know which one to pick. And so that's when I sit with my breath and I, and I calm myself down and I listen to my intuition. And I think about really, OK, what is going to serve me as much as the client? What is going to be sustainable? Um, and be really, really honest with yourself about that. And sometimes that's really hard. It's really hard to face yourself in that way and say, okay, Amber, get real here. You got to get real here, though. You're a visionary, though. You're a dreamer. Let's get real about your energy. Let's get real about how much money you're going to put into it, how much Mm. time and effort and really what the final outcome is for your clients.
0: Mm. Beautiful. So it sounds like it's really just comes down to clarity.
1: Always, always right. (laughs) Clarity and trust, right. Trust in the process because Mm. I had to learn the hard way by, you know, spending thousands of dollars on this project and having it flop or, you know, thousands of dollars in this project and having it soar just through tri- major trial and error, uh, realizing that if I don't trust myself, if I don't mm. trust the universe that this failure this perceived failure is actually a gift and a lesson that will then teach me what i need to know for the next production if i don't trust that i would never go anywhere Mm. i would never be able to keep going right i would never be able to keep producing and keep creating things if i let that failure get me so i have to trust my journey trust the process and trust the universe to actually bring in the abundance and the people and the things that i need at the right time
0: Mm. absolutely Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you help people in this way? You know, like mm-hmm. when other people are dealing with it and it might even, it might even happen during some of your retreats. You know, I'm curious, like, how do you, how do you go about assisting people or even what some of the, so what some of the the commonalities you found? So people on the yeah. other side of this call could kind of implement that. Sure
1: yeah well i mainly work with conscious entrepreneurs i almost mm. most of my my all my 30-day programs are dedicated to conscious entrepreneurs who are in the healing space whether they're yogis and nutritionists they're wanting to start a raw food company right they're they're in a, a the reason i say conscious business is because they're not business-minded people they're more conscious in the way that their heart leaders their are heartfelt and heart They're they are serving people from their heart but oftentimes what happens is people who are doing that do not value themselves enough to act money,
0: mm. or at
1: least what they're worth, right? And so I what the common themes are with these entrepreneurs is that they are extremely gifted at all of their beautiful talents, all the things that they have to share with the world, amazing Reiki practitioners, yogis, nutritionists, raw chefs, but they um, don't have a business, right? And they don't know how to ask for money for what it is that they do. Um, and they also have, many of them have a major issue with money. In the spiritual conscious space, many people think money is a negative thing. And I battle with this too, you know um why- my, people see money as a negative entity, I think oftentimes because it's in the hands of people that they don't honor or respect, and I see people doing battings with money and in actuality, it's very important to understand that we can have both we can actually work, have a business that is massively positively impacting people and serving people, but still make enough and be abundant in our own income to be able to keep it sustainable. Cause the reality mm-hmm. in my eyes is that I want the money of the world in the hands of the healers, the hands of the light leaders, the people who are going to make massive impact on the planet. And the, in order to play in this realm, in this matrix of 3d money world, <laughs> we have to play the game. And it's not a bad game, right? We have to play the game and be willing to work with that energy. Money is energy. And if we master that, that playing field, it's only going to serve humanity, I think.
0: Yeah, I, I like the, the model of the four Ps to your business plan. So that would be people, passion, purpose, planet, and profit. So profit right. is just for sustainability. But if it doesn't have people, it doesn't have purpose, and right. it doesn't have the planet, then it's not a working business model of the future.
1: Yeah, and it's just it's just also not going to make you happy, right? And there's there's no way to go around the fact that if you're not following your purpose and leading from your heart mm-hmm. and doing something that you feel is making a positive impact on the world, it's not going to be fulfilling, right? Or if you're not doing what you love, you're just it's not going to be fulfilling, and so money doesn't matter at that point.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It actually can become a, more of a detriment. Right, of course. Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think you know most of my programs um, beyond giving them skill set about business building, about you know how to do sales, how to do marketing, how to write copy, how to teach better, whatever it is. More than anything, it's an empowerment program, and it's teaching mm. people how to believe in themselves and their ideas and their visions, regardless of how many times they fail, regardless of, of um, their internal self dialogue and what people are saying outside of them. It's it's learning how to believe in yourself and trust
0: yourself
1: fully and love yourself fully.
0: Totally. I I think that's number one. We were talking about that a little bit before we hopped on the the interview. And that's such a great topic to discuss. um, You know, the art of loving yourself, because that's just something that oftentimes we externalize that where a mother loves their child or you make someone else your entire world and you give them everything. And then, Um, you know, inevitably the universe will reflect that back to you in some way, um, where you need to learn to love yourself. Sometimes we have to lose things in order to get that message. Sometimes we can get that ahead of time. Um, but nonetheless, that's been a lesson for me lately is just like, how, how do I love myself as a path for manifesting everything I want in my life opposed to me externally trying to chase things in order to validate, right. avoid, which really can only be medicated or can be remedied through more me loving myself?
1: Yeah, I really feel this time in space right now and in this life, our greatest work is is this love revolution that we're experiencing. Mm. It's this massive shift of consciousness into a space of peace and love and understanding, compassion, equality. Um, And all the darkness is currently being revealed. (laughs) At least that's what I think. You know, Mm. all the emotions are coming out. A lot of darkness on the planet is being revealed right now. And we're we're shifting because we've got to clean, we've got to purge, we have to bring all that into the light in order to actually transmute it into something. Um, that's more peaceful and loving. And I see it very much as a love revolution, but it has to start with us. There's no way that we can try to force that on on other people. We can only embody and empower people by, we can only empower people by embodying what it is that we want to change in the world. Mm, And that starts mm. with self healing. We cannot heal the world unless we heal ourselves personally, because otherwise we're going to continue to blame and judge and, and divide and separate and fear about other people and how they are, are not, meeting our expectations mm-hmm. right so just constantly okay <laughs> like you said we are all mirrors to each other how can we learn from what we're interfacing with all the time the universe is giving us signs and people all the time hey amber this is your work okay i'll take that responsibility yeah. responsibility <laughs> for my own energy for my own energy right mm-hmm. in, in any given situation whether it's a positive interaction or a negative one i take personal responsibility for my part in that and my projections on people mm. my projections on my reality i take responsibility for the fact that I have filters and I have past stories and future projections and I have past life baggage and I have ancestral mm. baggage, right? There's all these layers that we only start to understand when we face ourselves fully.
0: That's amazing. Mm. I, um, I'm wondering as you made the, whatever particular trans transition and transformation into that expansiveness that you're speaking from, um, mm. and I imagine, uh, plant medicine had a lot to do with that. Uh, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, were there any, were there any kind of integration, um, in just anchoring kind of, uh, uh, exercises like journaling or anything that you've utilized to really kind of create a consistent, um, integration of that?
1: Mm. Great question. Yes. Journaling is, is wonderful. I honestly have not been doing enough of it lately. Um, Mm. I really should, I, I write a lot of what I'm going through on Facebook and Instagram. Right, and I put right. a lot of it out there. A lot of the lessons I'm learning. I'm actually writing through those stuff platforms, but um, I do a lot of meditation, reflection. I also, I, you know, I really see myself as a as a channel for information. I kind of see myself as a speaker box, right? And I just trust trust that what the messages are coming through, the downloads I've received, that what I'm putting out is very much what needs to be put out at that time. And I just keep trusting that. So the the journaling, though, very powerful for me, and I should do a lot more of it. I wouldn't say is the is the practice. I'd say the practice is being willing to share and give what it is I've received. And, and so I learn a lot about people, about myself. Um, and I also wanted to say that I've been, um, I went through a, a full kundalini awakening, a partial kundalini awakening and a full one most recently mm. at the new year. And that was really, oh, wow, a huge, huge step into a different awareness and understanding of myself and of the universe and reality and what we're really working with here in terms of energy. Um, And so it's been, wow, like really interesting, actually, to try to integrate there, Ronnie, because I feel like there's levels like with raw food, we had a level, right mm. and we were learning how to navigate that level okay we yep. have all this prana and we're super high vibe, and how do we stay grounded? How do we stay focused in all of that expansiveness though we might be clear we're not grounded necessarily mm. right mm-hmm. and we're not um, uh, so so the physical practice what I want to say about this is like this the physical practice of staying grounded has been a super super important valuable skill because we cannot ascend without digging deeper roots. It doesn't work that way. (laughs) And I feel like, you know, when I first got into raw food, I was like, oh, wow, this is such a cool new place. Like I'm in such a high vibe space and all the synchronicity. It's so cool. But I really wasn't grounded and I couldn't use all this information that I had coming in at me, all this new energy without being grounded to the earth. I couldn't Mm. focus it. Right. I couldn't use it and share it and disseminate it and, and help other people as effectively as if I'd been grounded. And so going into this new space, especially working with plant medicine and, and these new awarenesses and awakenings, my physical practice has become more important than ever before. I need to go and do vigorous exercise, uh, yoga practice, Pilates, you know, meditation. But that's what keeps me connected to this earth, right? Because the earth energy is just as valuable as ascending into higher dimensions, right? I feel like many people on the spiritual path are very much focused on the upward ascension. <laughs> but yeah. what they're neglecting is the downward connection to earth that is equally important they're both equally important and we have to honor that connection Mm. um so yeah i'd say physical practice being in the body because the body is the vehicle for awakening the body holds all the wisdom right and and as we step into these other new spaces we are awakening parts of our body like you've been experiencing ronnie with all of your deep nutrition and all these other methods you've been dabbling with right you're awakening parts of your body cellularly that may have never been turned on before
0: totally and
1: so it's through the body that we that we ground and that we learn and that we ascend spiritually I think
0: I I could not agree more and you and me both have a lifelong background as as athletes fitness um enthusiasts and just like lifelong dedicated um athletes really and I know you have a you have an intense dancing background as I do like a martial arts and basketball background so like this idea of embodying something is really being so in your body that, um, that there's no disassociation, right? Like, like the idea of being disembodied is just being in your head. Right. Agreed. And that's been a huge theme for me lately of talking to people because I've been through it, you know, to write all Mm. the books and everything that I've done. It's very cerebral and I, it, it actually required me to get so heady because I had to train that part of me That kind of didn't get as worked out. But then like once I've kind of gotten to a level of mastery, then I had to actually learn how to ground that energy back into my physical body. And so I got back into weightlifting. I got back into training and yoga and making that part of my 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 dedicated discipline. Um, Right. And, you know, there's a lot there's a kind of a lot that comes up with that. But I think the basic point and I love what you're sharing about this is helping people understand that. It is part of our spiritual direction to be in a more of an embodied state, you know. In our world, in our world today, it's like, We've done all the positive thinking. It's like okay, that's great. We've done all the thinking. Like we don't right. need to think anymore. Like we actually need to get in our body, get fully incarnated, and and actually, you know, from a place of being, obviously. But we gotta get. We gotta actually do some stuff. Like we gotta plant some trees. We gotta we gotta inspire some people. We gotta whatever our gift and our dream is. We have to be so in our body and so comfortable in our our body. That we can, you know, we can go out in the world with a type of like energy that, you know, that can effectively translate into whatever our gift is, whatever our inspiration for making the world a better place.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I I wanted to add to that too, Ronnie, that um, the vibration that we carry Mm. is what changes people right and it's mm. and it's how we integrate what we're feeling in our bodies because the head like you said very cerebral right but our mind is very limited in its ability to understand information because mm. it tries to put it into boxes and <laughs> understand it in a linear way right? <laughs> and unfortunately that is not how our universe works our Mm -hmm. universe is very 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 complex far more complex than our brain can comprehend and it's through our senses our body senses our feelings our emotions our body our physical body sensations that we understand we start to understand really what what it is that we're here for what we're experiencing and Mm -hmm. then that vibration because right, you were chatting a little bit too, Ronnie, about your upgrades you've been feeling in your cellular body, which I think is happening globally mm-hmm. at this time. Right? People are feeling upgrades in general in their cellular structure and their vibration. But th- we carry the vibration in our body that's, that's emanating out right, and affecting other people. Mm. And so um,
0: yes. it's through the
1: embodiment of, of um, our highest self that we change other people. If we want to change, if we want to inflict change, right, positive change, impact, that's how we're going to do it. It's not through words necessarily. It's not through our mind and trying to organize and calculate and debate. It's through vibration. (laughs)
0: Yeah. yeah, The greatest phrase that I, I say in my lectures when this comes up, the greatest phrase that I have ever heard is, who you are speaks so loudly, I can't even hear a word you say.
1: Right. (laughs) <laughs>
0: so mm. That's so true. That's so true. And you know, <laughs> w- one thing that comes up with this, and I think you and me have a particular respect for this because yeah. of our backgrounds, is that agreed. Is that you know, a lot of people I found, and I, I kind of found, vi- became a victim to this for a moment until I woke up out of it, is realizing that. There's freedom in discipline, like in our kind of conscious discipline world. People are like, no, I don't discipline. I don't do that. No, 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 no. It's it's discipline. <laughs> it's like okay, but I'm not always excited about having to sit in front of a computer and write. I'm not right. always excited about the things that I have to do. And and yes, I I whatever that can sound whatever however it sounds like to somebody. But I'm just I'm kind of I'm what I'm speaking to is the necessity. In our practical lives to ground ourselves and find a sense of joy and liberation in the more mundane activities because we have to actually set a foundation. Like right now in our world, our foundation is like on sandcastles. Right, <laughs> right. And, and, you know, a deck of cards. So it's like we are actually the the structure builders for the new mm-hmm. world. And, yes. you know, it there there's sense. some incredible values that come out of like our grandparents and their parents age of just like of a work ethic and, and focus and, and again, discipline and family values and honor and trust. These are right. all I, and I think there's kind of a reemergence of those old school values that we kind of mm. trade it out for credit card consciousness.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, I think the discipline that you speak of and the upholding of your integrity and your truth, right, it gets to speaking truth. It gets to the importance of discipline and how discipline creates more freedom for mm. you. Because the reality is that those that are that li- live freedom-focused lifestyles, meaning they work four-hour work weeks and travel the globe and make massive impact and make millions of dollars, not that money matters, but that they are, quote, successful. They are the people who did all the hard work to get there. That wasn't just handed to them. And they were the ones who sat there behind the screen, plugging away, writing when they didn't want to going to the gym when they didn't want to, because the reality is that Mm. true growth happens when you face the resistance you're not willing to face.
0: Mm.
1: Right. Most, most people there, and this is, this is something that we experience a lot in ceremony. Of course, is we experience our ego. We Mm. experience our resistances and our fears. Mm. Right. And, and until we face our fears and resistances and our shadow side, the things that we're Mm. not willing to face, the depression the sadness the anger the guilt the shame mm. until we're willing to face those things and own up to them and say you know what I do you mm. and I'm putting light on you, but I'm not interested yeah. <laughs> in living in this anymore. Oof. I don't want to deal with this fear anymore. I don't want to deal with this resistance anymore. And in order to get past that, you have to be willing to put yourself through uncomfortable things. Change is not comfortable and being powerful or being in the light or whatever it is that you aspire to isn't going to happen through ease. Um, it's going ha- to come through facing the parts of yourself that need to be let go of. Right, you can't you can't step into a place of of infinite light and love unless you're willing to let go of the things that you hate and you resent and you're frustrated about and right unless you accept those things and forgive them, forgive those people, forgive yourself, accept all these things. You're not gonna be able to shift in the way that you might aspire to. So. Ugh yeah I agree
0: so yeah, so, so epic, so excited to hear that. Um, you know what just came up for me because of my my deep connection to Hawaii and the mm-hmm. the local people and the land there, and just really diving deeper into the history and it's very, very much the same situation that had occurred with the Native Americans, really. Just the, mm, the colonialism yeah. in India and in pretty much everywhere in the world in some way. Um the colonialism and the in the stamping of the US on on really when you go to when you live in Hawaii, you realize very quickly that this isn't actually part of America. This is like Polynesia. This is a right. different country, <laughs> it's a different world. It has its own mm. primal, especially Kauai, has this like untamable yeah. wildness to it. Which is yes. why which is why I love it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, come on, where did where where were we with that? Um, oh yeah, so yeah yeah. yeah yeah so <laughs> lost it for a minute. So the point that <laughs> I wanted to circle back to in reference to what you're sharing is that when I would start to actually hang out with um, Hawaiian shamans, spiritual teachers, mm-hmm. kumus, um, I actually got a way deeper insight into. The, the mythology and the real accounts of of Hawaiian spirituality like like Ho'oponopono, for example, which a lot of people just think it means like forgiveness. And you know like I forgive you, I for, forgive me, we forgive ourselves and and that whole that whole kind of passage. And really when I dove into it, it really doesn't mean that as a complete teaching, really what it means is taking full responsibility for my life taking full responsibility for my emotions for my actions for the ripple effect of those actions and those thoughts and the harmony or disharmony that they cause and when i say when i forgive myself i'm not giving myself a pass Like some people do when they go to church on Sunday and then they repeat the same (laughs) behaviors on Monday. Right. right, I'm actually, I'm making a declaration to the universe Mm -hmm. and to myself that I am going to do better. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the, that really rocked me. That really touched me on a deep level. I was like, wow. So like forgiveness isn't just about, isn't just about clearing the slate. It's actually a declaration to loving myself enough in order to healing myself, so I can be responsible enough as a as an embodied human being.
1: Yeah, wow, that's beautifully said. I could not agree more. Um, I love that you. That's that's a beautiful correlation that I've never heard actually before about um, it being a declaration. Um, I think forgiveness is something that um, I've had to learn. <laughs> over and over and over again, I was, I went through a period of major self-destruction internally, regardless of what I looked like on the, on the external Mm. view. Um, and I had to go through major healing in terms of understanding what guilt and shame I was holding, um, what I was and was not willing to forgive about myself or accept about myself and people in my life. And forgiveness is such a powerful tool. So thank you for sharing that. That's, I'm going to take that and share that with with people.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm, So cool. So this has been an epic conversation. And (laughs) what, what, is there anything else that you'd like to share? Maybe a concluding insight for everybody.
1: Hmm. I would say the biggest, well, it's not really anything new, but it's, it's, um, very much it's how can we, how can we, Tap into our intuition more? How can we listen to our heart more? How can mm-hmm. we move from that space in every interaction we have? You know, in this time and space, wow, we are going through it. There's a lot happening right now. And our work, I think our greatest work is how do we hold the light in the chaos we're experiencing right now? Mm. How do we share the, and keep our, how do we keep our hearts open? Mm. Right. And how, and how do we, how do we help and understand and start, commu- and start, conversations and and start to understand and have compassion and patience for each other nothing is going to change unless we're willing to do that only with ourselves but then with other people Mm. right so how can we focus more on healing our own hearts so Mm. that we can then help others and or or help this this chaos we're currently experiencing um it's at an all-time highs so it's learning how to listen to our hearts lead from our hearts and um It's just basically about
0: the heart right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had an experience last week where like I was just going through it and I got Mm -hmm. this text from um, somebody close in my life and it was just like a lot of stuff that just came up and there was like this anger and this frustration coming up in me and I was like found myself 20 minutes into it trying to keep pushing the button on like on anger, like, I was like, I'm like, oh, I'm not okay with this. And then I started to notice, like, my body's built-in cooling system, started to decompress and it started to like relax and my heart started to open i found myself like Mm. trying to get angry i was like no i'm not ready for this stop i want to i want (laughs) to revel in this disappointment right now oh it's so true and then like i think my body i think my my system has evolved or upgraded to a place where it's hard to overreact now and i just felt wow. like my heart opening i was like oh damn it it's compassion oh man i, don't want it to right. I was like but there's like our, you know what i mean it's like we've all been there where yeah. it's like we're trying mm-hmm. to be we're trying to push past a threshold because we because you know i don't because if i go into compassion then it's like oh i have to let go of this this chemical stimulation to anger right now and it's mm-hmm. it feels good in a really weird way and and Um, so anyways, that's kind of what came up. I just remember that experience and there was an Uh aha moment. I was like, oh man, I really, I've done some work to be able to get Mm -hmm. to that place where it's like on autopilot.
1: That's beautiful. That's beautiful. And I hope we can all get to a place like that where we're at least aware Mm. of that, right? That need. And we are aware when our hearts close and we're aware when they're open, we're aware of how that affects our reality.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks so much for joining me. Where can everybody find out about your programs, your retreats, your, your information or your teachings?
1: Sure. Epicself.com is my main home base online, but I'm also on social media. Facebook and Instagram are my two main focuses right now in terms of social media. And I love to have conversations and chat with everybody. So please feel free to reach out, to send messages, or just to communicate through comments and stuff. Um, I really look forward to hearing from you guys and just starting a conversation, and connection, because um, I think that's why we're here. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I really get mm-hmm. the feeling like your work is about helping people become the most epic version of themselves possible.
1: You got it. You got it. And I think um, what I'm learning is it's not about creating that. It's about remembering mm. that.
0: Mm, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Divine alarm clock. The cosmic right. alarm
1: clock.
0: Yeah. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Amber. It's a pleasure.
1: Yeah, pleasure always, Ronnie. Thank you so much.